0: and welcome. I'd like to welcome all those listening on the radio today and watching on Facebook Live. Just a couple announcements before we get started today. At the entrances in the Info Center, there's this book looks like this. It's a a Lenten devotional booklet, so you're encouraged to grab one and read it daily uh, starting on Wednesday. If you'd like one mailed to you, you can just call the office or request one via email and they'll mail one out to you. For those who want to dig a little deeper into the devotional, there will be a corresponding Bible study starting at 6 p.m. tonight in the Ministry Center. We will be holding Ash Wednesday services this week. We will have in-person worship that evening with ashes and the Lord's Supper. We will also live stream it on the Facebook page. We will also be having a special congregational meeting next Sunday, February 21st, following church to discuss and approve the purchase of the new soundboard and related equipment. This time I'd like to have Brad Hoagie come up for announcements on wonderful Wednesdays. Thank you. Uh, Excited
1: to uh, let everyone know that beginning February 24th, we're bringing back an event to this church that, unfortunately, with everything we went through last year, we had to cancel. So February 24th, we're going to start a series of Wonderful Wednesdays again. Um, this is something that our family, personally, my family, has always enjoyed. My kids continue to ask, when are we going to have the Wonderful Wednesdays again? So as I became an elder recently, realized that you know there's several other families in the church that had that same passion and wanted to bring this back. Um, so with that, next February, uh, we will start Wonderful Wednesdays again. I just think it's a tremendous opportunity for us to come together as a church family, to eat, to worship, to open God's word, um, and really to serve our community, I think, is is very important and uh, what I feel as a church we're called to do. So we hope that everyone come out and join us. Um, it's going to look a little different this year. We're not having the children's program after school. And we also are going to be starting things, I believe, a little bit earlier this year. Uh, details are in the bulletin, so please take a look and hope oh, anyone that wants can come out and join us. Um, also, if you're not comfortable coming inside and, and sitting and eating with others, that's, we get it, that's fine. Uh, we're going to accommodate, so we're going to be boxing up meals as well and looking to hand those out on the side entrance of the ministry center. So feel free and, and drive by and at least join us and, and grabbing a meal. So thank you. More details are in the bulletin.
0: Thanks, Brad. Would you please rise and join me in the call of worship taken from Psalm 103, verses 1 through 12? Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not His benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases? Who, rede- who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion? Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles? The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us in our sins and deserve or our iniquities. For he, as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east, from the West, so far as new dark. Conditions. Now let us sing 10,000 reasons. time, I'd like to invite the children up for children's chat.
2: Good morning. How are you guys? Good. Let me get my Bible open here, real quick. Okay. What is today?
3: Oops. Oh,
2: you guys know what Valentine's Day is. Well, happy Valentine's Day to you. Today is a day where we kind of celebrate a thing called love. And although we celebrate it in a love in a different way, God shows us a different way how to love. Yeah? Do you guys want to hear what God says about love? All right. We got this fun project here, and I'm going to need some help. All right. Can you hold that first one? You can hold it, McKenna, and then JoJo. All right. You guys have to be patient with me because I've got to put tape on the back of all of them. All right. So God says that his biggest gift that he ever gave us is John 3, 16. He said, I love you that I'm going to give my only son to you. And I love you that much. So he's going to come to this earth. And who was his son? jesus yeah now in first corinthians 13 it says a little bit more about what love actually is so you guys can help me maybe put these up here okay since you're closest to so it says love is patient can you stick that anywhere up here on my big old heart Hey, you got the next one. Love is kind. Okay? Love is not jealous. You just put that one up. It is not boastful. You put that up, Jojo.
3: Uh, It's not sticking.
2: Oh there we go. All right, Jojo. Love is not proud. put that up there. It is not rude. Jojo. All right. love does not demand. Its own way. It is not irritable. It keeps no record when somebody does something wrong. Can you put that up there? It does not rejoice about injustice, but it does rejoice whenever truth wins out. I think, Jojo, that's you. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. Love is always hopeful. You want to put that one up there too? Jojo. And it endures through all circumstances. I have some other hearts up here. So, this is what God says love can look like. But what does this all mean? What are ways that you guys can show by what God tells us? What can we do that we show love to others? Can we maybe be helpful? Yeah. Yeah. Can we maybe give somebody a hug? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody needs a hug every now and then. Through all of these, do you think God teaches us to love others? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think through being kind, not being rude, or maybe being patient, do you think that we can maybe say kind words to others? Don't tear someone down. Jesus loves everybody. What when our Sunday school we talk about what can we do with our hands? We, well, well, we raise our hands. But what do we do? We God is our best friend, and we pray. But we hug. Okay, let's let's do this. How about we serve? You think guys think what can you do? What can you do for others that is serving God? Opening the door. Yeah, you can say, you know, take my hand. I'm going to pray with you. You can tell them about God. Do you think God's love is very strong or do you think it's very weak? I think God's love is very strong. Right. And do you think God loves us sometimes or God loves us all the time? You know what? I think God's love for us, it never ends. It never stops. You got that right. Where can I put that, McKenna? Right there? All right. Well, when we have when we love someone, God tells us in the Bible through these verses that we just read how to show others how to love, but how to actually love others every single day. And it's not something that we do just today on Valentine's Day. But loving someone is something that you do every single day. You have to choose to love somebody and be kind to somebody. You can't be rude to others. You can't be boastful. You can't say, look what I have, you don't have it. That's not very loving, is it? We have to love everybody because God sent his son, Jesus, to show us how to love, okay? Let's go ahead and pray, okay? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your never-ending love. Thank you for giving us examples of what it means to love our brothers and our sisters in Christ and everyone that you created We pray today that you help us live out your love every single day. Your love is goodness, and we want to share your goodness of love with our friends and our families. In your son's name we pray, amen.
4: Praise God. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Before we go uh, sing our next song here together, I do have to uh, confess something to you. And that is, um, I'm not usually one of those pastors that goes all in on holidays, particularly secular holidays like Valentine's Day. But... Given the fact that Valentine's Day fell on a Sunday this year, I couldn't help it. So you'll notice a theme throughout our service today. We're going to be talking a lot about God's love for us. Um, and I'm, I'm so grateful that we can talk about that here today. Just a moment, I'm gonna, we're going to sing Jesus Loves Me, which is a, a fantastic, fantastic song. And let me tell you, it's not just a kid's song either. It's a song that we all need to hear. We all need to listen to the words uh, of, and we can all sing it together. So in just a moment, we're going to sing that. But before we do, I want to take a moment and uh, just remind everybody about our Lenten devotional that's starting this week. Keith uh, talked about that already in the service today. But if you did not get a copy of this on your way into the sanctuary, I encourage you to pick one up on your way out. Um, it's a journey through Lent. It's a 40-day devotional. So we're starting it together on Ash Wednesday, which is the official beginning of Lent. And the, the devotional readings will take us all the way through to Easter Sunday. Now, if you are one that follows the calendar, we know that uh, uh, follows the Lenten calendar, I should say. Uh, we know that there's actually 46 days between Ash Wednesday and Easter Sunday. That's because in Lent Sundays um, don't count, which is a strange thing to say from the pulpit up here. But according to the Lenten calendar, Sundays are days off. They're feast days. They're days to celebrate. So if you're following along with the calendar, um, or excuse me, following along with the devotional for the 40 days, um, you'll actually have it six days a week. Sunday can be a break for you as you come and worship together, uh, as we come to worship together on Sunday mornings. Um, Also, if you are interested, we are starting a new Bible study tonight that does... Follow along with this devotional, um, and we're going to be meeting in the Ministry Center tonight from 6 to 7.30. Again, that's 6 to 7.30. There's a sign-up sheet over there at the Info Center. Um, uh, we have a good group going right now, but if you have not signed up, I encourage you to do so. Even if you don't get a chance to sign up and would like to come, you're invited to come as well. I'm looking forward to There's going to be a video teaching and some discussion based around God's Word, and I'm really looking forward to that. And if that doesn't get you excited to come, I know Allie's prepared some snacks, so just come and have something to eat, too. That's always a good way to spend time. So, again, that's 6 o'clock tonight here at the Ministry Center, and that Bible study will take us all the way through, um, to, uh, through the Lenten season. So that being said, I want to, again, encourage you to be, be in prayer for our church family, uh, our nation, our world, um, as we continue to uh, lift each other up in prayer. I want to encourage you to do that. As I mentioned just a moment ago, we're going to be singing Jesus Loves Me. and where there's, It's on page 579 in your hymnal. so I encourage you to, to turn there. But before we do sing that together, um, I came across a, a, an updated version of Jesus Loves Me. I want to encourage you to, to think about it this way. We often think of Jesus Loves Me as a children's song, don't we? It's, it's a Sunday school classic and favorite, and it's, it's one my kids, I know, love to sing. Um, but we, we don't want to relegate it to just a children's song because it's so much more than that. Um and so as we sing these words here together I want you to uh to hear these words which are um new verses that were penned by a pastor to remind us that Jesus loves me is for um for children but also for those um seasoned elders of the church as well maybe some of those that have been through a lot more in life and so hear these words from uh the updated version of Jesus loves me it says Jesus loves me this I know though my hair is white as snow though my sight is growing dim still he bids me trust in him Though my steps are oh so slow, with my hand in his I'll go. On through life, let come what may, he'll be there to lead the way. Though I am no longer young, I have much which he's begun. Let me serve Christ with a smile, give with others, go with others the extra mile. When the nights are dark and long, in my heart he puts a song, telling me in words so clear, have no fear, for I am near. And when my work on earth is done and life's victories have been won, he will take me home above and then I'll understand his love. I love Jesus. Does he know? Have I ever told him so? Jesus loves to hear me say that I love him every day. So as we sing the words of Jesus Loves Me this morning, think about those words as well. This is not just for our kids in our church here today. It's for all of us to remember and celebrate the love that God has for us in Christ. So if you're able, I invite you to stand with us and sing Jesus Loves Me. you to pray with me at this time. Father God, we come before you today and and we thank you and and praise you for the love that you have for us in Christ. It's a love that knows no bounds. It's a love that is greater than our sin. And it's a love that, that sustains us and strengthens us no matter what circumstances we face. And so we thank you, Lord, for the words to this classic children's hymn, which is, as I've shared already, not just for children, it's a reminder for all of us of your great love that you've shown us through Christ. Jesus, you do love us, and you showed us that love by, by coming and living among us, by being perfectly obedient to the Father in ways that we never could, no matter how hard we tried. And you showed your love for us in the greatest display through your death on the cross and through your resurrection. You brought, you brought sinners home. And you welcomed us into your family in ways, Lord, um, that just still, that, that we can't understand or can't comprehend. That while we were still sinners, Christ Jesus died for us. That is the greatest demonstration of God's love. So we thank you, Lord, for, for welcoming us into your family and showing us your love. I do pray, Lord, that we would be encouraged and strengthened by that love to, to share it with others. Lord, as we think about those who are in need, whether they're represented in our bulletin or just others that we are are aware of, Lord, help us to be Your hands and feet in this world. Lord, we ask that You would heal and provide and sustain and comfort all those who are in need. Lord, we do. We pray that You would do that by the presence of Your Spirit and in miraculous ways. And Lord, help us and encourage us, Your people, to be the answer to prayer in, in ways that. Uh, In any way that we can, where there's a need that we can fill, help us to fill it, where there's a encouragement that we can give, help us to to speak words of truth and love into someone's life. And where, Lord, we need in all things, Lord, help us to point people to you, because that is our greatest need. Lord, we ask for your provision for our church. We thank you for the ability to to gather here in this place and to worship you together and as we collect for our designated offering this morning and, and continue to, to serve you in this place, Lord, we pray that your, you would provide and you would provide through your people. We thank you for all these things and we pray them together in the name of Jesus who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the glory, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. You may be seated.
5: Scripture reading today is from Ephesians 3, verses 14 through 21. Some of my favorite verses. able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen.
4: Thank you, Sharon. Let's pray together. Father God, it is our privilege uh, and our joy to come together this morning and sing your praises, uh, to lift up our prayers, and now to open your word together. I pray that as we do so this morning, that your Holy Spirit would give me words to speak and that you'd open up our hearts and minds to what you have to say to us today. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. When I was in high school, I had the opportunity to travel. Um, I was a Boy Scout, and we had this trip, a backpacking trip that I went on in the summer. It actually took place down in New Mexico, but on our way there, we stopped in in Colorado and spent a day there and got to go up and travel up on Pikes Peak. Um, it was kind of our way to to just spend a little bit extra time on a layover, and, and it was a really unique experience. I don't know how many of you have ever been out there. We did the Garden of the Gods and Pikes Peak, and, and it was really quite an experience. Um, but Pikes Peak is one of the highest points right in our country, and and it is. Almost impossible to describe it. What, that view when you get up there takes your breath away. And I mean that quite literally because as we went up there, I got elevation sickness and it did not go so well. But, but you get up there and on a clear day, you can see for miles and miles and miles further than you could possibly expect. You get this un, unfiltered view of the surrounding area. And it is, it's breathtaking. It's beautiful. Now, for those of you who have been at a place like that, whether it's Pikes Peak or the Grand Canyon or Niagara Falls, that's a whole other experience, too. Have you any of you been on Maid of the Mist and gone up under the falls in Niagara? It's something just it's if anybody has experienced something like that, it's almost impossible to describe, isn't it? You can take a picture off of Pikes Peak. And and the view there, and, and it doesn't do it justice. You can talk about trying what it's like to stand on the edge of the Grand Canyon, and it doesn't do it justice. You can talk about what it's like to stand on the deck of the Maid of the Mist and feeling the spray from the waterfalls and the sound just surrounding you, but it doesn't do it justice. right? There's something about that experience that is just almost impossible to describe unless you've been there. I bring that up today because Paul here in this passage that we re- that Sharon just read from Ephesians, he's trying to describe God's love for us, and he taught in this prayer he talks about how high and wide and deep and long the love of Christ is, right? And he he's and he's trying to describe just how big it is, and and words fail him just like it does for us, because God's love is greater; it's beyond our comprehension; it's more than we can understand in our very limited from our very limited perspective our call to worship this morning was from Psalm 103 11 and it says for as high as the heavens are above the earth so great is his love for those who fear him God's love is as great as the heavens are above the earth you know how far the heavens are above the earth we're not talking about Pike's Peak we're not even talking about Mount Everest right if you think about the heavens as, as stars, right, and, and planetary um, bodies out there in space, besides our solar system, the closest star to planet Earth is Proxima Centauri. You know how far away it is? It is 208 billion kilometers away, about four and a quarter light years. That means if we were to shine a light in the direction of that star from Earth, it would take four and a half years for that light to reach that star. And that's the closest, right? That's just that's just the closest to us. We're not talking about the the trillions and trillions of stars that populate our universe. Right? That's the heavens. And 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 Psalm one oh three says that, that God's love is as great as the heavens are above the earth. Blows your mind, doesn't it? That's what Paul's trying to get at here in Ephesians chapter three, as he says to under, you know, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep the love of Christ is. It's almost impossible to do so. But as we, as, as I was thinking about what to share with you today, as, as we're getting ready to start, you know, Lenten series next week, we have this opportunity to do something a little different today. And and I couldn't help, but like I said earlier, talk about God's love on Valentine's Day. And God's love is so much greater than we can possibly know and understand. And it's also so much greater than what our world and our society, how our world and our society understands love, isn't it? Compared to God's love, how we view love is, is very shallow and very temporary, right? Um, I'm, I'm oversimplifying things here, of course, but from a cultural perspective, love is very much what have you done for me lately, Right? What do I get out of this relationship? But God's love is so much greater. It's so much more profound than that. God's love is not about what He gets out of it. Right? It's about Him pouring out His love on us and what we receive as a result of that. And we'll talk about that here today. God's love is not fickle. It's not shallow. It's not temporary. God's love is so much greater than we could possibly understand. And so today we're going to not be talking about romantic love or relationships we're going to be talking about god's love for us and what that means in our lives this passage that we have before us here today is really a prayer right paul here is praying for the ephesians and he starts out by saying for this reason i kneel before the father right whenever you come across something like that a phrase like that for this reason you want you want to take a moment and and look back and wonder what the reason is that paul is talking about here what reason is he giving And if you skim backwards, you see that he says the same thing in chapter 3, verse 1. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ, for the sake of you Gentiles, and goes on. So really, the reason he's talking about is actually before chapter 3. So you have to go back to chapter 2. And chapter 2 of Ephesians is all about God saving us in Christ. If you were to read through chapter 2, there's two Major points that Paul makes in that chapter. And the first is found in verses 1 through 10. And that we are, it is that we are dead in our sins, but have been made alive in Christ because of his great love for us. Right? Ephesians 2 reminds us that apart from Christ, we are dead in our trespasses and sins. That's what we deserve. That's what we've earned for our rebellion and our sin. Let me ask you this what can a dead person do to save themselves? Nothing, right? There's nothing a dead person do, can do to save themselves apart from a miracle. Right? And that's what God does for us because it says in verse, chapter 2, verse 4, but because of his great love, there's that word again, his great love for us, Christ, excuse me, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we're dead in transgressions. It's by, by grace that you've been saved. Right, that's the message that Paul is emphasizing here, that, that we are dead in our sins, but we've been made alive in Christ. And it's all because of God's great love for us that that is possible. Not something we earn, not something that we deserve, but something that God did for us because of his love. And then the second half of Ephesians chapter 2 talks about how because of what God did for us in Christ, we are, we are reconciled to him, but we're also reconciled to each other. That as brothers and sisters in Christ, it doesn't matter who you are or where you were born, what color skin you have, how much money you have in the bank, right? We are all one in Christ. It says Jew and Gentile have been brought together because of Jesus. That's what chapter 2 of Ephesians is all about. And then he goes on to say, for that reason, I'm praying this prayer. And what does he pray for? He prays three things. He prays for the people to be strengthened. He prays for them to be rooted and established. And he prays for them to be filled. And that's what I want to talk about here this morning. It says that Paul here is praying that these people would be strengthened out of the glorious riches of God. Right when When Paul's talking about glorious riches, he's not talking about wealth. He's not talking about material possessions. He's talking about the abundance of God's love and grace. Right, humanly speaking, we think that money brings us security and power. And it may bring us a sense of those things, but it's only temporary at best. You can have have more money than Jeff Bezos and still be lacking real strength and real security. Paul says in Philippians 4.19, My God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Right, that's where true strength and security comes from. Not material possessions, but from knowing Christ. Strength comes from depending on Him. It pushes back on the the pull-yourself-up-by-the-bootstraps mentality that so many of us suffer from. It pushes back on, on those of us who are sometimes too dependent and too stubborn to admit that we need help. True strength comes not from independence, but from dependence on God. And it comes through the presence of Christ in our lives. Jesus is always with us because God has given us His Spirit to live in us forever. I was always kind of jealous of the disciples, right? These, the, these people who got to live and walk with Jesus while he was here on earth. They got to eat meals with him. They got to see him perform miracles and hear him teach. And I always thought, how amazing would that be to be able to walk side by side with Jesus in that way? But when Jesus was resurrected, when he was teaching his disciples about how he would go to be with the Father, Jesus told his disciples it, would be, it was going to be better for them that he go. Right? It was going to be better that Jesus was gone. How is that possible? How is it better for the disciples, for Jesus to no longer be there? Well, it's better because Jesus says that God is going to send His Spirit to live within us. Right? There's nothing closer than that. Right? He's no longer out there. He's in here. Love is relational. It's intimate. It's being vulnerable and transparent with another person. And there's nothing more intimate than the Spirit of God living in our hearts and our minds. There's nothing closer than that. And it's His presence that brings us strength. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, again, Paul writes, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Again, this strength, this hope, this joy, this love that we experience in Christ isn't dependent on our circumstances. It's not dependent on the situation that we're going through. It's dependent fully and completely on God's Spirit living in us, on Christ's presence in our lives. That's what gives us strength, and that's what renews us day by day. So we are strengthened, but we're also rooted and established in His love. Now notice the sequence of events here. He says in Ephesians chapter three, he says, I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power along with God's holy people to grasp how wide and long and deep and high the love of Christ is and to know that love that passes understanding. Right. Notice there he says that we are rooted and established in that love before we truly get it, before we truly comprehend it and understand it. We think it will be the other way around. We think we need to wrap our minds around it in order to receive it first. But God says, no, that's not the way it goes. You are rooted and established in love so that you can experience it and understand it better. It's almost counterintuitive, but that's the order that Paul sets out here. That's the order that God sets out through Paul's words here. All right, Think again about my trip to Pikes Peak or your similar experience. Can words really do it justice? Of course not. So when you tell someone about your experience, what do you tell them? Well, you just had to be there, right? You just had to experience it for yourself to truly get it. The same is true for God's love for us in Christ. We need to experience it before we really get it and understand it for ourselves. One of my favorite movies when I was younger was The Matrix, right? and, and I know I'm dating myself here a little bit because that's a more than 20-year-old movie now, but... And there's one of the premise of the, of the Matrix, right, is that, is that these, these humans, this is set in the, a dystopian future where these humans are being controlled by, by machines and robots. You know, real distant future there now. But, um, but the whole point of the story is that some of these humans are able to escape. And that, and that they're talking to this one that they're trying to bring out of the Matrix, bring out of this captivity. But they give them a choice, the red, pl- the red pill or the blue pill. You can take the blue pill and just go back to your ignorant bliss and forget that this ever happened. But you can take the red pill and then your mind will really be open. You really understand what's going on. It's a choice that was put before the main character there. And if you have seen the movie, you know that he takes the red pill and, and then truly knows and experiences what's going on in the world around him. Right? God has given us that choice too, right? To know and experience His love, we need to commit ourselves to Him. We need to we need to experience it for ourselves. We need to take that red pill, for lack of a better term, so that we can understand and know what God's love truly is. We commit to Him, and when we commit to Him, He pours out His love in us, and we experience it all the more. This, there's, there's three, two words that are repeated three times each in this passage, power and love. When I think of God's power, I usually think of creation, of miracles. But I believe the greatest display of God's power was not when he placed the stars in the sky or created Pike's Peak. The greatest display of God's power was the, was the, his love, saving lost sinners through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And there's three ways that God's love... Is enacted and and demonstrated through Jesus. First of all, we see that God's love is love that acts. It's not passive, it intentionally works for the good of the other person. Think of Romans chapter 5, verse 8. God demonstrated, God demonstrated his own love for us in this, that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. God put his love into action, he put it on display. He didn't wait for us to come to him, he didn't wait for us to figure out our, our, our mess and clean it up. He demonstrated. He put His love into action by dying for us while we were still sinners. He reached out and and loved us in that way. So God's love acts, but it also forgives. Shelby talked about John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Right? God Demonstrated his love. He acted, but in his love, he also forgave us. Not to condemn us, but to save us. To save us through the shed blood of Christ, through his death on the cross, and his resurrection. We are forgiven. And that, the third thing then, we are forgiven, and then it leads to new life. New life is is being made alive in him. It's Christ living in us. Paul in Galatians chapter 2, verses 19 through 20 says, For through the law I died, to the law, so that I may live for God. I've been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live in the faith by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So we think about the new life that God gives us, it's it's God living in us, it's God living through us, so that we may become more and more like Him. It's not living for ourselves and our own desires and our own wants anymore, but it's allowing God's desires and wants to become our own and living, allowing Him to live through us. And so we are strengthened, we're rooted and established, and finally, we are filled. Don't miss what Paul is saying here. There's a connection between experiencing and understanding God's love and being filled with the fullness of God. God fills us with his spirit. He fills us with his love. I told you I was going all out on cheesiness and corniness today, didn't I, with this? Um, I tracked on a balloon this morning. <laughs> Tori, help me. I've had this idea before the service started about uh, demonstrating what it means to be filled with God's love. We've all, we've all blown up balloons, right? We all know what that's like. When we when we experience God's love, when we commit ourselves to Him, when we allow ourselves to experience God's love and be rooted and established, He fills us, right? And He fills us like air fills this balloon. And the more we know God, the more we read His Word, the more we experience His love and share that love with others. This balloon just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. But you know what? This air is not meant to stay in this balloon, isn't it? It's meant to be let go. That's what God's love does for us too. The more we experience His love, the more we're filled with the love of Christ, the bigger this balloon gets. But God doesn't want us to hold it in. He doesn't want us to keep it for ourselves. What God wants us to do is to fill us with His love so that we can take that love and share it with others. The more you fill this balloon... Right, the farther it's going to go when I let go of it, isn't it? So the more air that's in here, the further it's going to go. The more God fills us with this love, the greater of an impact we can have. So that when I let go of this, I was hoping it was going to get in the balcony. Yes! <laughs> Made it all the way up to the balcony there. That's what God's love does for us, isn't it? He fills us so that we can then share that love with others. He wants to fill us so that it can pass through us and make an impact on others. When Jesus was asked what the greatest commandment was, he said to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, but then to love your neighbor as yourself. He says all the law, all the prophets hang on those two commands. And the more we allow ourselves to be filled with God's love, the more we're able to then live that out and share that love with other people. This passage ends with a benediction. And it talks about how God is glorified right he's able to do more than we can possibly imagine and one more note about that before i close here god's able to do more than he can we can possibly ask or imagine because god works through his people god works through people who are willing and obedient to serve him and serve the world by serve him by serving the world so god is through us that god often works and it says that he is glorified when that happens i believe that god is glorified when we love each other in this way God is able to do amazing things through individuals and through churches who are submitted and obedient to Him, who are filled with His love, who experience it for themselves so that they can pass it on to others. Let's pray. Father God, I thank You for Your unfathomable love. I thank You, Lord, that through Christ You have poured out Your love in us and through us. Help us, Lord, to know and experience that for ourselves and be so filled with it that we may pass it on to others. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. As we close our service today, I invite you to stand if you're able and sing our closing song, Reckless Love. to him who's able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. You may go in peace.